The Carpenter Rants. Whoop, there it is. Mm-hmm. Whoop, there it is. Hey everybody, welcome to TCR. Three nobodies talking about the masterworks of the horror film genre. We're those nobodies, I'm Caleb. I'm Doug. Uh, no Kindle this week. Uh, Kindle's on assignment. Yeah. <laughs> Snowy assignment. Uh, been a weird week in the country. Um, mm-hmm. Pretty much everybody got snow. So uh, Just about, yeah. And a lot of it. You know, uh, Doug and I are, are from Memphis, and, and they got a shit ton of snow. Um, yeah, that's one of the reasons Kindle's not here. Her her house and her car kind of got fucked up by the weather and she had to sit it out to get some shit situated. Yeah. And, and last week, uh, the South ain't ready for no damn winter like that. <laughs> Shaw ain't. Uh, and then the week before we took a week off, mostly just cause I was working crazy hours of uh, this project at work. And I just, I just didn't have the energy, um, to watch a movie or think about a movie and try to discuss it. So, um, but we're back this week, but Kendall, uh, you know, apparently there's uh, snow in Space Force as well, so uh, they, yeah. had to, they had to get... <laughs> Space <laughs> snow! Yeah, she had to go deal with that moon snow um, that you've been reading so much about, so... Mm-hmm. Uh, she should be back next week, but uh, Doug and I are here. Uh, we're going to close out our February series... Uh, we were, you know, we were doing uh, love horror films, uh, Love Hurts, and um, so far we covered uh, uh, Let the Right One In, uh, it was a couple weeks mm-hmm. ago, and uh, before that we did Christine, mm-hmm. um, and uh, tonight's film was just going to be our next film, but it's kind of acting as our uh, series finale for the the Love Hurts uh, micro-series. Because, you know, we had to miss a week, and that's just how it goes. But you know what? Uh, No better way, uh, I think, to end uh, a mini-series of horror love films uh, than with tonight's movie, uh, David Cronenberg's The Fly. Fly, fly, fly. Um, a movie I've never seen before until today. Mm-hmm. So um, I gave it a watch, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna break it all down uh, for you guys here tonight. Um, but before we can do any of that, uh, you know we're gonna need a big bag of Doug's fat deets. Big bag of deets. <laughs> BBD. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it came out August fifteenth. 1986. Hey, that's the year I came out mm. of my mother. Uh, okay. I'm glad you, you told me you, you <laughs> narrowed that down. <laughs> With a budget of somewhere between 9 and $15 million. They're not sure. Some, well, I think there were some reshoots, mm. and this went into production with another director before David Cronenberg came on board. Yeah. So I think that was all just figured in. Um, Written by Charles Edward Pogue 
and David Cronenberg, directed by David Cronenberg, and uh, with a return of $60.6 million. Nice. And um, it's a timeless uh, It's a timeless classic. I, this is one of those movies. Of time. Yeah. <laughs> well, you all, we've all accidentally genetically spliced ourselves with a, you know, with a common household insect before. Brother, don't get me started. <laughs> um, you know, it's a movie that's in, uh, you know, it's pop culture uh, significance. Lexicon. Yeah, I mean, I, I know about this movie, but I didn't really know what it was about. I knew that there was some sort of science experiment that caused a man to turn into a fly. Um, but I didn't really know any of the specifics um, at all. Uh, just a couple of the, you know, most famous moments, I guess. Um, but yeah, so I was pretty excited to watch this and I'm happy to report, uh, just right here at the top of the episode that, uh, I loved this movie. This movie was amazing. Oh, it's a good, (laughs) oh, wow. Um, it was, you know, it's, it's David Cronenberg and it's fucking Jeff Goldblum and Gina Davis. And I'm like, oh, this is all, this has all the, uh. This has all the makings of something I'm going to enjoy. Um, and then mm-hmm. I just didn't, I mean, I just didn't expect it to be as great as I thought it was. It was really fucking uh, good. There was a reason why they had all talking up about it. Yeah, you know, it's why, movies. Why it's held an iconic status. Yeah, it's been 35 years and, you know, uh, I'm, I finally got around to it. So, uh. <laughs> hell, I'll get around to it someday. <laughs> I'll be checking it out. Um, well, folks, let's dive into the fly. Uh, this is a remake, Doug. Is that correct? It sure is. I don't know anything about the original either. Um, very simple. Like, you know, sci-fi story from the fifties starring Vincent Price. Would you say the the first movie is great. Uh, the sequels are a little meh. Yeah. But that first one's very watchable film. Uh, would you put the fly and I haven't seen the original, so I can't say, but would you put the fly in like the same class of movies like the thing where it's based on the original? Yeah. Where it's based on a, it's based on a classic movie, but, um, some genius came around and just made a, made a much better version of it. Oh, oh, most definitely. Um, the, the thing and the fly are the two best remakes ever. I mean, it's in the history of film. It's uh, it's that's a fact. Yeah, I I would say that I have a a paper from the the, from Congress that has it stamped (laughs) on there. Bipartisan support. Yeah, (laughs) unusual. Um, well, yeah, man. Uh, it kicks off. I mean, I was, I was grabbed right away. With the, this movie don't fuck around, dude. Dude, it doesn't. Uh, by the way, like 96 minutes. just uh, That's a solid 96 minutes. Man, they're just like, hey, let's get you going. And they spend a couple minutes of it with the opening credits with that incredible score uh, by Howard Shore, who's just a mm-hmm. fucking legend. Um, yeah. My God, he did so many uh, incredible scores. But this one really reminded me of... Um, 
and probably because they're like really close you know they're only like four years apart but this really had a lot of the dna of like that uh silence of the lamb score in it um yeah it felt yeah. you know the precursor yeah um some of that some of those movements and uh, and some of that style would come back in that score too but man fucking howard shore what a well howard shore is cronenberg's guy he's done yeah. most of his movies yeah and then and then went on to this just insane career i mean you know i think i think probably the thing he was like biggest for was uh uh the lord of the rings movies but um I think that probably got him the most attention, but I mean, when you scroll through his, his, and the client, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but when you scroll through that, I am to be, uh, Oh, he did dogma. I'll be damned. Dude did a lot of fucking movies. It's, it's crazy. Um, panic room. Ooh, sorry. I I like panic room. He did another panic room is good. Yeah. Panic room is really good. Um, he also did. I think he did seven too. He did a couple of early Fincher. He did the movies. Departed and Peter Jackson's King Kong. Dude, I'm sorry, but Peter Jackson's King Kong is not a good movie. I'm sorry. Um, I like Peter Jackson's King Kong, but I don't. It's um, I don't know. I got mixed. It's not really King Kong to me. Um, I get it, but I don't know. I like it for what it is, but I don't know. That's not what he I think. He did about. Gangs in New York. Yeah, dude, the he's sale, a, he's an high icon. fidelity. <laughs> the sale, I love high fidelity. Oh my god, Copland, that thing you do. Yes, it Ransom. sounds like Copland is that thing I do. Copland, that thing yeah. you do. You know, you know Seven, what you do, Copland. Yeah. Man, Philadelphia, Mrs. Doubtfire. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I, I don't know why I mentioned Lord of the Rings. It, should, it was Mrs. Doubtfire. He's still working too. He got shit coming out soon. I like that at some point in the time stream, Howard Shore is sitting in a studio and he's deciding like which which little piece of music he's gonna put over the drive by fruiting uh, moment in Mrs. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, what an icon. All right. Uh, let's get into the fly. This movie kicks off with a science party. Yeah, you know. Yeah, you've been there. Um, and uh, Jeff Goldblum's hair is just epic. Um, Whew, he's got that fluffy... Um, it's... It's got like that Jimmy Superfly snooker moment going on. <laughs> It's so like I don't man. Let me tell you something. Like his performance in this movie is just unbelievable. Like he's phenomenal. I in mean, this film. and he's one of those guys that I've loved my whole life. And like when you show up, you're like, hey, it's Jeff Goldblum, and he does the Jeff Goldblum thing, and and he's always really this was pre the Jeff Goldblum thing. Yes, this is dude. He's like young, and he's in fucking incredible shape too. By the way, like he looks amazing. And he's just like, he's got this, I mean, and you can see why he would go on to be such a huge star. The guy has this energy, like he, like the minute he was on screen, I was just like completely captivated by him. Like he was just doing like 
I don't know. It was just you were watching this young guy who's gonna go on to be, you know, one of you know, a huge celebrity. But like, dude, he is just like he's laying it all out there in this movie. Like he is just fucking. Oh yeah. Uh, it's 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 an incredible Killing performance. It. I I love it. Um. And you have 1980s Gina Davis, which is like, I mean, just she's just wonderful. Um, she's great in everything she's in. I don't think she's ever had a bad performance. She's probably been in bad films, but definitely. she's never been bad in them. No, Gina Davis is. Uh, She's one of the, like, I don't know. She's one of America's sweethearts, dude. She's just... Damn right. Man, she's just... She's so good in this. I mean, she's so good in everything, but I, I just love... I just love Gina Davis. And the two of them together, their chemistry right away at the They party. were going out in real life during the making of this film. That makes sense, dude, because, like... That's why that chemistry is there. Man, it is so good. Like... Just the way they like exchange dialogue with each other, especially in those first couple scenes where they don't really know each other yet. But it's just yeah. like uh, the dog out there. He was like, yeah, I, I didn't believe Gross. it. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, man, just the way they're like, you know, they're not even like saying anything like really clever, but it's all just like in the in their like facial expressions and their body. It's language. all the mannerisms and stuff. Oh, it's my just, God, dude. You, you buy right away that. These people are, are are an item. Yeah, they're or digging. going to be an item. Yeah, they're digging on each other for sure, and it's just like you know, I mean, they're just eyeballing it. Like I'm hot, you're hot, let's get it popping. Like, yeah, that was the original <laughs> name of the film, but they, <laughs> they changed it. Who was directing the movie before Cronenberg came on? You know, that's a good question. I'm completely blanking on it. I do know that. Um, Cronenberg at the time they asked him first and he okay. was all like no I'm doing um Total Recall. He was originally going to do Total Recall. What a movie. But uh that blew up big time and he was uh he left and the guy that did it had some sort of tragedy happen and he had to leave the project. Mm. So um I'm completely blanking on uh, let me see, let me just see if I can find it. Real yeah, fast. go for it. Well, I I didn't know that about Total Recall either. Now I love Verhoeven's Total Recall. I think it's a great movie, but uh, David Cronenberg Total Recall is something I would have liked to have seen. Well, apparently, um, they left a lot of Cronenberg stuff in that script that was shot. I could see that. I could see that. Man, I love Total Recall. <laughs> Not the uh, not the remake that I got busted by uh, Comcast for illegally downloading way back in the day, but the, <laughs> oh yeah, the original film that I bought and paid for illegally, um, in 4K. It's beautiful. Uh, just continue on. Okay, that's I'm, fine. I'm not, <laughs> I should no, have did some more research beforehand. No, no, that's fine. I mean, I didn't know that beforehand. Well, anyway. Um, it was an up-and-comer. I gotcha. I knew his name before he asked me, and now I'm blanking on it. No, I couldn't fine. find it in my quick scan of the internet. No. It's out there, folks. Sorry, I'll let you down. It's all good. I imagine, I imagine whoever was going to make the fly, we were not going to get <laughs> what we got until uh, oh, no, our boy not. came on. Um, uh, I also love, um, the, uh, I also love just the look and the feel of the movie, like immediately. 
Like I like oh, yeah. I, I dig the I dig the cinematography. I dig the way it's like everything is firing on all cylinders. Dude, here. it's a cinematography is everything is very suiting to yes. this film. It the tone, yes. the, the every, I mean everything. It's dope, Continue. dude. Like it 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 is immediately like when I turned it on I was just like ready to take notes and then like there would be big chunks where I wasn't taking notes because I'm just like I'm just watching Captivated. Yeah, it's so good. Um, okay, so uh, Jeff Goldblum is like, my science is sexier than all of this other science, so you you should come back to my, my house and see it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Howard Shore just uses a song that didn't exist yet over and over again. He wrote it. Yeah. <laughs> he sold it to Jimmy <laughs> pieces of that score just in a bam <laughs> um what? uh they head back to uh Jeff Goldblum's um uh and his name is Seth Brundle by the way uh they mm-hmm. head back to Seth's uh warehouse uh you know these science space yeah, area these science types always have some sort of abandoned uh, workspace that they live and work in and um it was a good mad scientist laboratory i think so you bought it, but it was like a real life version yeah i, I completely so. bought it yeah man i i could not put my finger on it but like everything in this movie feels very um it was real yes well except for the monster of course well but. of course but like it's got that like 80s it's got like that 80s now stick with me here for a second it's got like that 80s like tim burton like weirdness but it's all set in a world that's like super realistic and so it's got like this it's got like that same kind of sheen on it but i don't know what it is i i'm telling you, this movie looks and feels so unique and um I don't know. Like even even stands it's out. Cronenberg, from- man, it's it's just him. It's it's um a lot like a Stuart Gordon type film too. You got this absurd um thing going on, but you're buying it. Yeah. You, I mean, it just feels like oh yeah, this could totally happen. Yeah, I got it. Yeah. Yeah, and it's and it's even like, man, it's even a movie that relies a lot on like really great practical like makeup and effects which was like a big thing in the eighties, but like this even feels like it stands out from like a lot of those other eighties movies like this. Chris Wallace, dude, it's the guy who made uh, the gremlins and shit. He created gizmo and all the gremlins. He's done a bunch of other shit. This, Man. this film won. I don't know if it, no, I don't think it did win. it was nominated for uh, effects. Man, it's just, I don't know if you've never seen it or if you haven't seen it in a while, go back because like, even like it came out in 1986, but it just feels like, I don't know. It somehow feels very, it feels very modern. Yeah. Like it feels, it doesn't feel super dated. Like some of the, except for those fluffy mullets. Yeah. The fluffy mullets are, (laughs) and that's both on Gina Davis and Jeff Goldblum. Very much so. The hair fluff was, was there. Well, they go back to his lair, his science lair. And, uh, he shows her these, uh, pods that he's, but first of all, he plays a little piano, which I mean, Jeff Goldblum plays piano in real life. So, um, yeah, it felt like, I don't know. I, it felt like Jeff was like, "If you put a piano in here, I'll 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 tickle the ivories for two seconds." 
Um, just showing off his range there. Um, uh, but so, uh, he shows her the, uh, the, these pods that he's built and, and basically explains, um, that he's created, uh, teleportation. Yeah. Um, uh, Gina Davis is the reporter, by the way, she's covering the science party. Yeah. Which he's for like not, a, um, a science magazine. Yeah. You know, those famous science magazines that send undercover reporters to, to, to sniff out big not really things. undercover she she told everybody she was a reporter oh uh, well he didn't get the memo i don't think he cared he was I, just all like mm, i want some of that fluffy mullet yeah he's like i'm gonna rub my fluffy mullet on your fluffy mullet <laughs> like little fluffy mullet babies <laughs> <laughs> come on girl let's tangle these mullets up that's what i say to my wife all the time yeah <laughs> um yeah, so uh, he kind of gives her a demonstration uh, of how this thing works by transporting her, uh, like, stocking uh, from one mm-hmm. pod to the next. And then that's when uh, she reveals to him that she's a journalist. And I'm like, oh, bro, you just spilled all your secret science shit to, to some science journalist. He's all like, oh, hell no, this is off the record. And she's all like, no, nah, I can't hold this shit from the world, dog. This, this, is, this, is, this, is, this is life-changing. <laughs> but the Cronenberg was like ahead of his time in dialogue, too, because it was really... <laughs> yeah. Um, she takes this to her editor at Science uh, Weekly. But um, luckily, folks, um, she's a lady and... Uh, oh. You know, what she saw couldn't have been real, so the secret is still nope. safe. <laughs> yep. By the way, what's Again, this? timeless film. <laughs> yeah. This Her editor's like, eh, you're just, you, come on, he tricked you with your lady parts. Um, what are you on, your period? And your yeah. Teleportation? <laughs> Classic just, period shit. Just, yeah, just like a lady to be in her time of the month and then fall for a teleportation trick. <laughs> Tell his oldest <laughs> Um, this guy sucks. <laughs> he is Dude, he plays a great piece of shit. Oh my god, he's the worst. He's in a couple other movies playing a piece of shit too, and he is just he is born to play a piece of shit. Oh my gosh. I don't like what's his name in this movie? It's like Shannis or something. Uh, yeah, something like that. Something like just no normal person would be named this. Like only only a total d bag. Um, yeah. So he basically is just like, nah, you're dumb. You don't know what you saw. What you saw ain't real. Stathis. Stathis. Oh yeah, that's that's his first name. <laughs> Stathis. Stathis. Um, yeah, so he kind of shrugs her off. He's like, nah, you fell for a, you fell for a trick. And, um, and then, uh, and then this guy, he spends the whole movie being a real piece of shit. And then he plays like a pretty pivotal role at the end of the film. But I'm just like, but it like, he still sucks. Like, (laughs) like, I guess we're all glad he was there, but it's like at the end of this, like, these, these two aren't going to spend the rest of their lives together. This dude's a piece of shit. Well, you find out that they had, they were once in a relationship. Uh, yeah, and he always, he's always popping up, and it was like, hey, I know we're not going out anymore, but you want to fuck? That's She's a weird... Like, no, uh-uh. 
That's a weird Not energy. That's a, look, I know you can't yeah. get. I know you can't get past me. It's never like. It's never posed as he misses her. It's always just like, hey, I know you can't find another dick this good, so uh, I'll just show up randomly and make your life just, better. Just a massive piece of shit. Yeah, you know, he. She comes home and he's in her house taking a shower and shit. He was all like, well, you left me a key. And she was like, that was fucking years ago. Give it back. He's all like, I think I'll hold on to it. And then he keeps it. Dickhead. I know where he keeps it. There's <laughs> <laughs> yogurt in this too, but it comes out of a fly's mouth. We'll talk <laughs> Woo, about there is some fly yogurt. Um, all right. Well, Jeff Goldblum shows up to the magazine and, uh, and he's just like, hey. Uh, you can't print that story. Um, let's go have some cheeseburgers, and then yep. uh, they go out. Um, and basically, was that the same place that they that that was in Falling Down? It looked just like. Ooh, it. you know, I didn't think about it, but it looks exactly like it. Looks a lot like it. You know, these fast food places all look all look alike, but that does look a lot like the Falling Down shot in Toronto because like Cronenberger shoots all his films in Toronto. You know, I don't know. I sure don't know, Doug. But it looked a lot like that place in Falling Down. Um, well, uh, he he kind of pitches her here um, where he says that, you know, you can't print a story about my teleportation device yet because I can only teleport inanimate objects. So it's not, that's not the whole story. Um, yeah. He was just like, follow me and my process, write a book about it, not an article. Um, and the end of the book is going to be me teleporting myself from one pod to the other. So just work with me, wait that long to write the story. And then you'll, you know, basically he's like, basically he's like, you know, you could write a great story or you could write a story about the technology that changes the world forever. Um, and so <laughs> basically I need someone to hold the camera. Yeah. Yeah. For fucking years. <laughs> yeah, and then later they realize that... You it's can... like when you help your dad work on the car and your job is to hold the light. That that's was her, her job. That's her job. But then later they realize we could have just been putting this on a tripod the whole time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you were useless. Go away. Didn't need you at all. <laughs> um. Okay, so... Uh, all right. So, yeah, so she kind of... she's She's working with him. She's filming his findings and interviews. Um, and then we see them test, uh, the machine on some living tissue, uh, a baboon, which I was very upset about. Um, all right. A, uh, Brundle has a surplus of baboons somewhere. They don't explain that at all. No, well, I guess, I guess when you're in the, um, I guess when you're in like at the science field, somebody will just give you an animal to, to test. You remember, I guess so. you remember monkey shines? Unfortunately, you yes. could just, <laughs> you could, I'm so sorry. Uh, you could just, you could just get them. You can just get a monkey anywhere. I guess I may have mentioned, uh, the baboon surplus in that film too. When we were talking about shit shines, but, um, <laughs> Secondly, there is a infamous deleted scene from this film Ooh. where he tries to teleport, I believe it's a cat and a baboon at the same time, and they come out the other end, and it ain't looking good, and a lot of test audiences were like, you got to lose that scene because it is fucked up. 
Like it's super fucked up and it makes Brundle seem like real inhuman and make you it makes you hate him. Yeah. Because he's and, so cruel to animals and shit. Yeah, and also yeah, you're right. But like it's like some Robotine thing merger type level shit that comes out the other end. Yeah, and also if he like you know, and also that that to me that ruins the movie where he he figures out that he he can splice genetics like that before yeah before the the incident. So I think it's probably a good idea that it was cut. The baboon scene is hard to watch because that fucking like inside out baboon that that comes out the other side yeah. is uh, rough. <laughs> yeah. Um. Of course, right after that, um they start like making out on the couch or whatever. Cause he's all upset. And I was, and I just wrote, nothing gets me as hot as an inside out baboon. Yeah, I know that monkey dumb split wide open. I'm <laughs> slicker than hell. Let's go. <laughs> I'll show you my monkey shank. Come here. <laughs> uh, this is also where we find out that, um, uh, Brundle wears just five sets of the exact same clothes every day so that he never has to. Yeah. A la Albert Einstein. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do a little raw steak test in the teleporter, just to just teleport meat. And uh, as you do, yeah. And apparently, the one that they teleport doesn't taste right. Like the machine hadn't figured out uh, flesh yet. There's all this talk about flesh in the movie. Um, mm-hmm. And they say it like it has this like really profoundness to it, but I like it's just always going over my head. <laughs> it's like the machine and the flesh, and it doesn't understand the flesh and it pierces the flesh, it penetrates the flesh. It's just like this movie's got a lot of uh, thoughts about flesh. Um, I think that was like kind of like a uh, well, we'll get into it later. Yeah, we'll yeah we'll talk about. It. Um, okay, well, uh, you know, they make, uh, oh, Gina Davis, at one point, her character goes to the store to buy, uh, Brundle, um, uh, like a leather jacket, like she's gonna buy him an item of clothing that's not the same thing. Sweet leather bomber jacket. Hell yeah. Um. (laughs) Hell yeah. Hell yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And her fucking editor like follows her to the store and he gets like really weird and aggressive because he's jealous. Why are you buying stuff with your own money? Yeah. (laughs) We're not even together, but he like throws that jacket at her and it's like startling. It's just like, (laughs) man. Yeah. Um, They do another, uh, they do another test on the baboon on a different baboon. (laughs) They don't use the same one, Doug. (laughs) Yeah, I know. That's what I said. He's got a surplus <laughs> yeah. for baboons. He's got a closet full of baboons that they don't they don't talk about. And uh, and he and the baboon lives, and it's very exciting. And uh, you know, I was happy to see that we didn't have to watch. You know, sometimes in a movie you got to do three things, so it's just like we got to kill two baboons and then one lives. But in this movie, just the one baboon, and uh, yeah, and then everything works out great, and. Uh, they they start having champagne and they're celebrating, but uh, old fucking uh, Stathis or whatever his fucking name was. Staff infection. Yes. Got him. <laughs> Roasted. <laughs> um, 
he is going to print her original story with a bunch of other stuff that he found about, about Brundle. And so she leaves to like confront him and like make this stop. Um, cause the dude's just a, dude's just a tool. Um, tool bag. Yeah. Meanwhile, Brundle gets drunk and is just talking to a baboon, which is a really charming scene. Um, He's too, he starts getting super jealous. Oh, he's all yeah. like, he's going to go over there and just fuck him because he's awesome. And man, <laughs> yeah, he's, he edits a magazine with his dick and then he's going to use it on her. So I'm sad now. Um, <laughs> so I guess I'll get naked and teleport myself. Um, and doesn't realize when he decides to teleport himself that a, uh, a fly has entered the uh, pod. The pod with him. Um, I wrote, "Oh wait, there's a fly in the pod. I wonder if that has anything important to do with the plot of the film." <laughs> My fly, son. <laughs> no, that's the fly too. That's right. <laughs> Still fly. Um. I don't know why. Um, all right. Well, uh, he comes out. Um, he comes out the other side, seemingly normal. Um, mm-hmm. You know, teleports himself. He's a genius. Yay. Uh, tells Gina Davis later, you know, that he did it. Um, Thanks for holding the camera for me. Yeah. Hey, yeah, you weren't <laughs> even here for it. So and he even says I filmed it. He set it up on a tripod. So it's like yeah, insult. That's where he was all like, I could have used this the whole time. He's no good to me. <laughs> um, well, Doug, first of all, um, something's wrong. Cause he's got super fly gymnastic powers. I don't know if you yeah. know this about flies, but they are, uh, Olympic gold medal gymnasts. Yeah. Um, this whole scene reminds me a lot of um, Sam Raimi's Spider-Man one where Peter first you know gets his powers and shit he had to have borrowed I was about to say that's gotta be um, that's gotta be maybe not an homage but at least inspired by tribute um, to gotta be yeah um yeah, I love this scene actually. Like it's really cool like the shit that he's doing and like and again like he is just like uh, I don't he's think getting it. Yeah, I don't think he was ever in like I don't think I've ever seen Jeff Goldblum in this great a shape ever again. Like the dude is just like Yeah, he's ripped. Yeah, he is to be as like tall and lanky as he is, like he's like he is he's shredded. I'm sure yeah, he probably gained a lot of weight for that shit too. He must have um, <laughs> Jeff Goldblum somewhere is just like that's what I, just what I looked like in the eighties. Fuck you. <laughs> I've always looked like that. What are you talking about? Yeah, I look like that now. <laughs> Rips his shirt off. Um, yeah. Uh, and then and but then he gets like so. Not only does he have like all this like this like physical ability, but like now he's uh first of all he's eating sugar like a crazy person. Um. Mm-hmm. and his brain is just moving like faster than he can keep up with. So he's talking really fast and, you know, which is like the Jeff Goldblum thing. 
but here it's like cranked He's up. Never felt better in his whole life. Yeah, I mean, it's just like man, teleporting. So he thinks incorrectly for a while that teleporting has like the his idea here is that it like deconstructed him and reconstructed him, and when it did that, it like perfected like any things that were like you know yeah wrong. All his it. faults have been have been uh, corrected, corrected or, or put together you know, differently, but, um, uh, even, uh, they have sex for hours. Uh, Gina Davis says like, yeah, she's all like, we gotta take a break. I am yeah. blown the fuck out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, nah, <laughs> he's not. <laughs> no, <girl. laughs> no. <laughs> um, but now he's like skin starting to look splotchy. Um, you know, he's got these weird, gross hairs growing out of his back. Um, yeah. And uh, she, um, you know, she clips a couple of them and, uh, you know, and then he's frustrated that she's like tired, um, you know, or that she's just not on his level. So he wants to send her through the pod again, mm. mistakenly thinking that that going through the pod is what is, you know is what gave him all this like energy and power. Um, but, uh, when she won't do it, I mean, he just fucking flips out. Um, uh, he tells her, he's like, you're a fucking drag. You know that? It's just like, Whoa, (laughs) he gets hardcore. Um, and then he gets dressed, no shirt, puts his bomber jacket on with his slacks. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> um and then he he hits the town uh where he finds a little bar and he decides to go over the top, Doug. Uh yeah. <laughs> there's a fucking arm wrestling scene in this movie, which I I mean, it's the eighties and you couldn't have an eighties movie without an arm wrestling scene, apparently. I literally every other movie in the eighties had some sort of arm wrestling arm re- either in the background or was the entire movie. <laughs> It's like there was this idea in Hollywood that arm wrestling was like way bigger than it was, and it was you're just gonna like, want that arm wrestling. It's the like kids are doing the arm wrestling. Yeah, we're arm wrestling, I guess, but it's it's not like it needs to be in every fucking movie. But that's where you're wrong, Caleb. Does a lot of coke. <laughs> All right, well, um, he goes over the top with this dude snaps his fucking wrist bone. Well, he's all like, I got a hundred bucks saying I can beat either one of you. I get the winner. Meanwhile, the big dudes are like, whatever. (laughs) Meanwhile, he's just walking around eating candy bars like crazy because he just needs the sugar. (laughs) He's got a pocket full of (laughs) (laughs) like Toblerones. (laughs) It was like a Toblerone. Um, He was looking for that golden ticket, Doug. Uh, Hmm. Well, yeah, so he, he gets into it with these, you know, these, you know, these tough looking, uh, arm wrestling types that hang out in bars, you know, the type <laughs> and, uh, he snaps this guy's wrist bone, like out of his arm. Like it is gnarly. It's yeah. Just, fucks his arm up. Oh man. And then that girl is just like, yeah, I'll go with you. <laughs> yeah. I mean- well, as he was waiting on the the winner to come out of the the previous match, he meets this girl at the bar, and he's all like, 
hey, when I win, we're going to go back to my house and fuck. And she's all like, I didn't agree to that. She says, do I look like a whore or something like that? And then he kind of like shrugs and then drinks his drink. <laughs> like, I, don't, I, don't yeah, I don't care. Yeah. I'm looking for a woman to mutate. Um. So they, uh, he takes her back to his, to his lair. He teleports himself again. To show her. Yeah. What he can do. And then they have sex and then he tries to, um, he tries to get this other stranger lady to teleport herself. And then, you know, women don't like to be teleported guys. I mean, you know, when a woman I mean, that says, should just go without saying, yeah, when a woman no says, means, no, especially yeah. when teleportation is involved. That's right. When a woman says, I don't want to teleport. You just don't make her teleport. You respect her wishes. Yeah. Excuse me. Um, all right. Well, you know, um, that's when Gina Davis shows back up and she's like, uh, bro, I had that hair analyzed that's been growing out of those weird spots on your back (laughs) and it's not human. Um, and I think something bad happened to you in the, uh, in the pod. And then he's like, does this look bad? And then he just starts punching holes in the wall and like, (laughs) Fucking, he's got super yeah. strength. He knocked a support beam out of the fucking. <laughs> um, and then he kicks her out. You know, he tells her, "I don't need you anymore." And um, you know, and then, and and now he's alone. Now, Doug, um, I don't think we need to discuss the next part of the movie in great detail, but I'm curious. No, we don't. I'm curious how you're able to watch this. This is like I don't. Okay, you can't. Yeah can't i can't sit through this yeah this this part's rough we'll just say that his body is starting to decompose and pieces of him are coming off um every time something falls off he puts it in a jar and puts it in his bathroom yes (laughs) in his medicine um, cabinet medicine cabinet yeah yeah um which everybody knows who's seen it's the infamous fingernail scene yeah and my number one thing that grosses me out more anything is any fingernail trauma yes movies real life I can't take it. And I literally got up and walked into the other room. <laughs> I was curious. Until it was over. I, I was, can't watch that. I was curious because it was pretty upsetting. And, and I was just like, man, I don't know how he's able to do this. I mean, but. Even his teeth fall out. That does, I mean, you know, people yeah. have teeth issues. That doesn't bother me, man. Those fingernails. Uh-uh. Yeah. I ain't watching any of that shit. Luckily, he does you the kindness of putting on work gloves for the rest of the movie, so you don't have to... Thank you, sir. Yeah, <laughs> you don't have to see him again. Um, and then that's when he's just like, okay. <laughs> it's when his body starts falling apart that he's like, hmm, let me go see what happened in this uh, telepod. Because <laughs> now I'm thinking maybe something didn't go right. Uh, mm-hmm. And that's where, he, that's where the computer tells him that there were two... Uh, genetic signatures in the in the telepod. It was Brundle and Fly, and uh, and then he asks the computer what happened to the Fly, and it, and the computer tells him that they are uh, fused at the genetic level, um, mm-hmm. and that's where he finds out that he he's accidentally invented gene splicing technology, um, and and he kind of says this in the beginning, like um, when he's being interviewed. Uh, 
unknowingly, he says that he doesn't like build these things. Like he has, he orders, like he has people like, Hey, build me a machine that does this, build me a laser that does that. And I just put it together. Um, so he's not even the person building these devices. So he just unwittingly created, uh, he's smart enough to make it, it all work together. Yes. But he unwittingly created gene splicing technology. Mm-hmm. Um, he calls Gina Davis, tells her to come see him. She's just casually smoking, which doesn't really happen in movies anymore. But people used to just no. people just used to casually smoke cigarettes in movies. <laughs> Grayson, uh, he wasn't watching this, but he was watching like uh, something else with us where uh, people were just smoking cigarettes. And he noticed it, and he was just like, why Why are they smoking? And I said, well, people just used to smoke a lot more than they do now. And he goes, but isn't that nasty? And I'm like, yeah, it is, but but it just was a different, this is a different time. Everybody smoked. Same with my kids. Like, my oldest son, um, we, were, we were watching, this is a while ago, we were watching something older, and um, there was a bunch of people smoking it. And he was like, what are those things? Uh, I explained to him what it is, and he was all like, why would you want to do that if it makes you sick? I was like, different times, man. Yeah, man. And then, like, we were at a store, and he saw someone outside smoking, and he was all like, does he know that's going to make him sick? <laughs> I was like, I'm sure he does, yes. but he doesn't care. That's, that's part of it. Um, Isn't that, that's just crazy. Real quick, that's just crazy. Go for you know? it. Like, when we were growing up, like especially my family, every everyone but my mom and dad smoked in my family. So like seeing cigarettes was nothing. And now my kids, when they see one, they're like, "What the fuck is yeah, that? What is that?" Yeah, that's the same because my parents didn't smoke, um, but like my uncles did, and like everybody did. Like it just was, it was just everywhere. Um, even up until the like early nineties, I mean, you could still smoke inside everywhere. You could still smoke on planes in the early nineties. Like I still remember the little gold foil ashtrays at McDonald's and Burger King. You remember those? Yeah, dude. They were just like, there was just, there were just ashtrays, like, you know, at places where you took your kids like to eat. And yeah. Stuff. Was, Y'all go play on that unsanitary playground while I smoke this <laughs> cigarette by my cheeseburger. <laughs> It was just crazy. That's not that long ago, man. Like it really isn't. Like we've we've improved as a society in all the like in some right places, but have fucking just devolved in, in others. It's like we switch one good for another bad, and another bad for another good. I know. All the kids are vaping now, and it's just like all the kids. My seven year old can't yeah. get enough. I'm like, just I told you, put that jewel down. Um, yeah, it's just, it's just crazy. I don't, I I don't know. But yeah, that is, that is wild, dude, because it's like, I mean, people like, you know, the public, public knowledge about cigarettes being dangerous, you know, like that, that shit came to light in like the sixties. And then for like 30 years, it seemed like, you know, they were trying to get people to stop, but it really seems like in the last 20 people were just like, yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I guess you're right. Um, and it's still a lot of people still smoke, but I mean, I smoked for, uh, I smoked for several years. Um, but I mean, gosh, it's been like 12 years since I smoked. So 
And now it's like crazy. I'm like, I wouldn't like, it's one of those weird things where I'm like, I can't believe I did that. And I did it a lot. And I'm just like, I would never do that now. Like I wouldn't even, just wouldn't even occur to me. Yeah. That's wild. It's just explaining what that is to my kids it's, and how, you know, how it was just the norm. Yeah. It was just, it's just crazy it. to think, you know, like he sees someone out in the wild just smoking randomly. He was all like, dad, look, look, look at this. There's that thing. we. This is a about. rare occurrence. Look at this guy. It is, dude. That's the other thing. Like from my childhood where it's everywhere to like their childhood where like when we see someone, if I see someone like my age or younger smoking a cigarette, I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, that's even crazier to me. Like people our age or younger. I'm like, you wait, we all know this. Like what? Like older people who do it, they've been doing it their whole lives. The shit's addictive. It's hard to stop. Makes sense to me. But when I see young people smoking, I'm like, guys, we figured this out. Like, you don't have to do that. <laughs> like, why are you doing this? <laughs> Crazy. Anyway. Anywho. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so he, he, he calls Gina Davis up and he's like, hey, look, you were right. Uh, it's getting worse. I need you to come see me. Um, and so she goes over. Uh, homeboy's just got a chewed up bubblegum face. I mean, he looks not good. It looks rough. Yes. Uh, he's walking around with these weird braces because um, he can barely stand up. He's got his he's got his his yard gloves on, which we're all happy to see. It's like fucking Billy Crystal in The Princess Bride. <laughs> yeah. Dude, it looks rough. Um, and uh, so, uh, you know, he vomits on this like donut, uh, his weird yogurt vomit. Yeah, and she's all yeah, she's all grossed out. And he was all like, "Oh yeah, flies don't eat nor like humans. They yeah. have to spit up the stuff and break down. It's an enzyme, blah blah blah." And then I just suck it back in. Ooh, yeah, it's gross. I call it fly yogurt. <laughs> fly yogurt. <laughs> Catch the buzz. <laughs> Was that Goldfinger? <laughs> it was a little bit, I guess. <laughs> Fly yogurt. <laughs> you vomit yogurt, then you suck it back into your hole. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> Uh, his ear falls off in this scene too, which is so gross. This makeup is great because it's gross. It's phenomenal. It's so. I hate looking at it. That's how good. <laughs> that's how good it is. Every time, every time he's on screen, I'm just like, oh no, like something else. Like he's just like, he he's somehow weird and slimy, but dry and scaly all at the same time. Ugh, this is bad. You talking about me. <laughs> Um, <laughs> she comes back another time and he's turned into Spider-Man. Like, he's fucking... Yeah, fucking dancing on the ceiling. <laughs> yeah, dude, he's on the... That whole scene is really unsettling because not only is he crawling around on the ceiling, but he's like... As the movie goes, he just gets crazier. And that, uh, How that was shot was insane because they had to... Room, it 
they had to create the exact same set, but in a, a tube, like a giant like drainage tube, those gigantic ones that are like 10 feet tall or whatever, or even bigger. Yeah. But, and they slowly spun this tube and he was just like running in place as they had like a, a camera just set stationary. It was crazy how they it's, shot that. It's so weird. And also like his energy in this scene too, is he's all like, he's all yeah, like, he's more fly light. You know, the flies are always like, the ticks and they're oh rubbing my their hands gosh. and shit. He's got that down now. Oh my gosh. So from like, and that's what I'm talking about too. And like talking about Goldblum in this movie, because the beginning of the movie, he's like suave and cool and like mm-hmm. kind of eccentric, but like, you know, but you, but he's got this energy and you kind of dig him. And then, um, you know, as the movie goes on, he gets like, uh, he gets like really aggressive and like scary. And then, and then he gets like really gross and like sad and pathetic. And then like, now he's like, he's like really keyed up and he's just like, well, actually being a fly is a good thing. Yeah. uh, He's kind of fun to be around. Yeah. He's like, (laughs) right now. Yeah. He's like, you know what? Uh, like I'm like, you got to film this because I'm, I'm like part of, I'm like part of history now. Like I'm a fucking fly man. And, uh, (laughs) you know what, bitch, get that camera back out. (laughs) You don't, don't use a tripod. I want you to be part of this again. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, and so now he's like, now he's like kind of cataloging like what's going on with him, um, for science because he's like, you know what? He's sitting at that table eating breakfast. He's like, uh, what was he eating? It was like a bowl of cereal or some shit like that. Something. (laughs) It's just like, he was like, now watch how I eat. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So gross. But he does like he kind of is trying to be himself here in this moment where he's like, look, uh, I'm, you know, I'm a scientist first and foremost. I accidentally, you mm-hmm. know, created gene splicing and and this is it. So we got to catalog what happens. Like, I'm going to be a science exhibit for the rest of my life. Um, and then, uh, you know, and then Gina Davis finds out that she's pregnant. And this whole part of the movie is crazy, too. Um she has that whole pregnancy nightmare, which I didn't realize was a nightmare. The first, you know, the yeah. first time I've seen it. So, um, when she gives birth to a giant fucking maggot, yeah. um, I was like, "Whoa, what the fuck just happened here? Um, <laughs> yeah. that's the beauty of it too. Cause even though it's a nightmare sequence, you're like, you could totally be like, All right, this is where we're going. Okay. I, we've already seen a fly man. So, yeah. <laughs> hell, what we've seen a fly man. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've seen a horse man. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen a spider man. <laughs> Never seen no fly man. <laughs> hell, I've even seen the elephant man. Um. Yeah, I mean, there's already a monster in the movie, so, like, and the thing about the nightmare sequence is, like, it's never, like, dreamlike, really, at all, so. Yeah, um, it's a good throw-off, I like it. It is, and I'm just, like, when it happened, I was definitely, like, whoa, 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 we got maggot babies now? Maggot babies! (laughs) (laughs) They're coming out of you. Maggot babies, maggot, um, maggot, maggot babies, baby. Gross. 
Dude, the, there, to me, there is nothing more disgusting than maggots. Um, like, it, it is one of the most disgusting... Like, There's a lot of people like that, man. They, f- they just gross me the fuck out. Like, um... Well, I mean, plus when you see them, you automatically think of death too. Yeah, you so think there's of, a lot going on with maggots. You think of death or just like filth or just Decay. like yeah, something like we, um, we got them all in our trash can one one summer for some like I don't know what was in there that would have that caused like maggots. Just those flies, they they like the rotted food and they lay their eggs in it. I guess, but I remember our fucking trash can was just like I just opened it one day and it was just like I mean just covered in maggots and so we had to like clean it out because I, I was just was freaked out by it but um yeah and um we had this uh we lived in this like we lived in this like shitty house um before we moved here and like um shit would die like squirrels and shit would like die in the wall all the shit time. Shit would die. <laughs> shit would die. <laughs> um, squirrels would like get caught in the wall and die, and then they would stink. And then um, there was like this little tiny bathroom in our master bedroom that we would never use, um, but it was in there. And uh, I remember walking in there one day, and there was just like six hundred flies in there, and I was just like. Mm. Satan, oh, the Exorcist. Yeah, this is, I immediately was just like thinking of a uh, fucking uh, uh, Amityville, Amityville horror. Yeah, I was thinking about Amityville, and I was just like, "Well, never going back in there again." Uh, just open the window, like, <laughs> "Be free, Satan bugs." Um, but I just, in my mind, I knew that there were maggots in the wall somewhere. Uh, oh yeah, and I just, ugh, I hate them. Um, they freak me out. Anyway. She gives birth to a giant maggot, and then she wakes up, and all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, okay, thank God. She wasn't really <laughs> pregnant, but she was. Um, and that's, uh, you know, and then we see, um, and this is all kind of like intercut with, uh, we see more shots of Brundle, and now we see him lose all his fucking teeth. Like, they all just like, all his teeth just fall out of it's his head. kind of fall out, hang out. <laughs> He's got to get a dustpan and collect them. Yeah, put them in his little jar. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, and that's like she comes to see him at that point, and that's when he's like, "Hey, uh, do you want to see all the pieces that I've, of myself that I'm keeping in the?" <laughs> You're not gonna believe this. <laughs> Come look at this shit. But then he also starts talking to her about like insect politics and how he wants to like run for like some sort of insect politician. And like, yeah. I mean, it it is fucking weird. Like he's so, so before he was like, I'm all sad, melty monster man. And then he's all like, you know what? I'm science and that's cool. And then now he's like, just lost his fucking mind. He's lost it. Yeah. yeah. He's just like, I, I'm going to run as the first ever fly president. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, he's crazy. So she runs out. She's with uh, Chode Face, whatever his name was. Yeah, choke face. Yeah. And she's like, I want an abortion. Like, and I I need an abortion and I need it now. (laughs) Eight, seven, seven, abort now. (laughs) So so he takes her. I got a maggot, baby, and I need an abortion now. 
<laughs> so they go to some some doctor, and he's like some all night doctor who's about to leave. <laughs> and yeah. He's all like, "This better be good." Yeah, he's like, "We need an abortion right now." Yeah, <laughs> god damn it. <laughs> You wrecked three cars. <laughs> <laughs> so they, and then he's like, she wants an abortion in the middle of the night. Like, what's really going on here? And he's like, uh, mm. the father is physically deformed. And I think she's just afraid this baby just ain't gonna look right. So like, uh, we got tests that, that can show you if it's gonna be deformed or not. And she's all like, "I hope it aborts the baby when you test me, because yeah. that's what I want." Um, well, fucking, uh, <laughs> fucking Brundlefly smashes through the wall of the fucking Voorhees through that window. <laughs> I was about to say it was like Friday Part Four, was it? <laughs> Fucking Two, jump. four, you pick one. <laughs> he jumps through like the Black Panther, just fucking <laughs> smashes in there. Um, you know, grabs her, uh, like kidnaps her. Um, you know, takes her back to, takes her back to his place, and he like makes this really compelling, like you know, plea. He was just like, you can't kill the baby because it's the only part of me that's left like yeah that's the only part of of brundle that still exists is is the baby uh meanwhile uh uh staffis or whatever his name is has like chode face yeah chode face that's right i mispronounced it um he is broken into the apartment uh and he's like snooping around with a shotgun and he sees that um there are now three pods set up. So, uh, well, he always had the third one. Yeah. That was, the first one was the was prototype. A prototype. But now he's he's got all three of them hooked together now. Yeah, the the two are linked to that third one now for for some reason. And, for splicing. Uh, yeah, for splicing. And um, so, um, he jumps down in there. He being uh, Brundlefly. And he vomits on this guy's hand, melts it off. Melts it to hell. Gross. Vomits on his ankle. So now he's he just got a bloody stump. Yeah. And he vomits on his ankle, does the same the same uh, thing. You there. ain't going anywhere. And then he like leans over his face and he's about to vomit on his face. And dude, he looks so fucked up in this moment. Like just that mm-hmm. look, those eyes yeah. and that fucking makeup is just like it is horrifying. And he's about it really to, is. He's about to kill this guy, and then that's when Gina Davis is like, "Please don't kill him. Like, if you love me, please just don't, don't kill him." Um, and then so she comes down there, and that's when he reveals his plan, is that he's gonna put her in one pod, and he's gonna put himself in another pod, and then they're all gonna be joined together, him and her and the baby in one body. Mm-hmm. Um, which like, you know, I don't know if you've seen his body, but you probably don't want to get mixed up with that at all. Um, and of course, uh, she doesn't want this and she's kind of like fighting against it. And in the meantime, his human body is just like melting. Deteriorating. Off of him. Yeah. yeah. 
She rips his jaw off. Oh, yeah. The, that was fucking crazy. In the scuffle. Yeah. And then he, like, his skin is just falling off everywhere. And to reveal this giant fly monster that still has, like, human flesh on it, it's really gross. <laughs> yeah, it, like, cracks open. And then this big fly comes fly man comes out of uh, the human shell and he throws her in the pod locks her in there then he locks himself in the other pod and it's activated it's going but chode face is still kicking and he's able to get his non-melted hand on the stump going and got that shotgun up yeah he uses the stump to aim the shotgun (laughs) yeah um and uh, he shoots out like the hoses and wires uh, that are attached to Gina Davis's uh, uh, pod. Um, Flyman sees this and he's like, "Uh, uh-uh. uh." He starts punching his way out of his pod, um, but his is still connected. So, um, like while he's leaning halfway out of it, the teleportation uh, like happens. Mm-hmm. And the computer's like, successfully fused Brundlefly and Telepod. And you're just like, oh, God, <laughs> what is this? And then he comes crawling out of that third pod with just, like, metal hunks sticking out of his flesh and, like, yeah. wires and shit just, like, fused and his legs are just like, oh, dude, it's so fucking gross. And he's just, like, screaming, like, weird agonized moaning sounds it's horrific kind of reminded me of the thing when they approach dude outside and they corner him and he's just like yeah it is it's super horrific um gina davis gets the gun she's gonna shoot him she can't bring herself to do it but then he like grabs it with his weird fly claw and he like puts it puts the you know, barrel of the gun on his head and because he wants to die. Obviously, things have not gotten better. <laughs> Every time he nope. gets in that pod, they get worse. Nope. Um, and so she has to kill him. And, like, this is really, this was a really upsetting scene to watch. Not just because it was gross, but it's also, like, she has to kill him because he's a monster and because he's in pain. But, like, she doesn't want to kill him because she loves him so much. And it's just, like... Mm-hmm. You know, she does it, and then she's just in agony, and then the movie just ends. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it is like, again, this movie, there's no downtime in this movie. There might be four minutes of downtime in the whole movie. And that's when she smokes a cigarette. <laughs> like The downtime is when he's snapping that dude's arm in the bar. <laughs> yeah, you're right. When he goes on a little excursion to, to go over the top. Um, yeah, I mean, this movie just... This movie just starts, and it introduces the pods, and then it just goes, man. Until you get to the fucking monster at the end, and then, um, you know, the heartbreak of, you know, the person who has to kill the monster that she loves. I mean, I don't... This movie was dope, dude. <laughs> I love this movie so much. It's so good. Holy shit. I was just blown away. And I'm like, I know that this movie's famous, and I know that people love it, and so I didn't doubt that it was good. But I just wasn't prepared for like how good, how good. Like it's just it is. Yeah, really I mean, great. like it's it's held in high regard for a reason, man. Yeah, man, it's one of the best. Like, I mean, and, and the whole thing is, Cronenberg um, says the whole thing is a metaphor for 
living with a um, a terminal illness. Mm, I can see that. And you know, it's all the different stages of well, uh, he... getting it, and then anger, and you know, grief, and coming to terms with it, and losing your your mind, overthinking things, and then you know him. Asking Gina Davis to blow him away was like, you know, like this is it. I'm gone. You know, say say goodbye. Yeah, I um, you know, he even mentions it. Um, he even uh, the character himself even refers to it like cancer in the you know, in the thing. At first, he's afraid he's contagious, and then he's like, I'm not gonna be some you know, uh, I forget how he phrases it. Some like walking tumor, uh, who's just mm-hmm. like you know, his hair's falling out and blah, blah, blah. Um, yeah, he even, yeah. So that makes a lot of sense. It's, it's pretty wild, dude. And, uh, you know, the, all the, the stuff with the flesh and all this and that I got, there was a little, um, commentary on, you know, science can't always, um, uh, cure these diseases Yeah, is kind of what he was saying. It's like we don't understand the body 100% like we should. So, you know, it, sometimes shit just happens. Yeah, man, it's um, it's a great movie. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it just holy shit, it just blew me away. It's essentially just three characters in this whole film. I mean, yeah, you're right. Like, dude, I mean the two leads of the film are just, I mean, the entire movie is the Goldblum performance, but like without the Gina Davis performance, like balancing it out, like it's, you know, just, she's, she's just as good. In yeah. This. I mean, dude, you gotta, you gotta be in every scene with Jeff Goldblum. Who's doing something insane. And you gotta yeah, be he's doing able, something special. And yet them being a real life couple, I think that, sold this. Yeah. I think so. Because like, that chemistry is so real and like that relationship mm-hmm. just felt so real to me. And I was just like really upset when she killed him at the end. Like I was really yeah. sad and I was just like, man, I don't know. It was, it was, it had a, it had a really powerful effect on me. I wasn't prepared for, um, won't be the last time I see this movie either. I'm going to need to see this again. Um, I just, I loved it. It was great. I'm really glad that I finally saw it. Good stuff. Have you ever seen a fly man? Let us know. Carpenter Rance Pod at gmail. Yeah. Or on Facebook. Carpenter Rance Podcast. <laughs> oh, man. Well, Doug, that's going to wrap up our Love Hurts uh, miniseries. Sure is. Um, we, I'll say we were going to watch the shape of water. That's what we were going to end with. Yeah. That was our finale. Um, but I, you know, I love the shape of water. I know you haven't seen it, but I mean, I don't think it's going to top the fucking fly. I mean, my God, what a, what a note to go out on. So, um, we'll, we'll squeeze shape of water in somewhere else. Um, there's some other, you know, uh, Guillermo del Toro, uh, films that we need to, we need to probably talk about anyway. So, yeah. Um, well, it's uh kind of, it's very apropos that we ended on this. Seeing as to what we're going to go into. Oh, okay. Hit, hit me with it. Uh, folks next month, 
our limited series is uh, Doug's picks. Um, <gasps> if you recall, in January we did a Hatchet New Year, which was uh, my Caleb's month, month of program all yeah. by himself, and we watched all four Hatchet movies. Um, and so in March, Doug is programming uh, the month of films, and it sounds like we're about to get uh, we're about to get a uh, little taste of what's to come. Mm-hmm. Um, my series, I am calling, um, what the rant is we're going to dive into the weird, wild world of body horror. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I've got, uh, five films Wow. because there's five Tuesdays in March. So if we're nice. going to now, before anyone complains, I'm doing body horror, but I'm not doing a lot of Cronenberg. He is the king of body horror. And there's a reason why. It's because I want to do an all Cronenberg series on down the road. You know, I want to do that too. Because um, I was like, I was, when I was thinking about, when I was trying to think about like series we could do, I was thinking about that too. Because there were a bunch that like I either haven't seen or I've only seen once and we haven't talked about. It. He's got a lot of great movies. And I was just oh, like, yeah. we could just call it TCR because it'd just be the Cronenberg yeah, Cronenberg rants. rants. Yeah, <laughs> just gets right in there. So we could do that sometime later in the year. I'm yeah, one thousand percent down for that. Yeah, I, I would like to revisit some of those. But we're gonna be kicking it off with a Cronenberg remake with the Saska sisters, Rabbit. All right. I'm down. I'm excited. I still haven't seen this, and I wanted to see it anyway. So, oh, I love it. I'm I'm an unapologetic lover of the Saska sisters. So yeah, I don't think you. Um, I don't think you need huh? to apologize. I feel like they have a. Oh, pretty, I love everything they do, man. I feel like they have a even pretty, Vendetta uh, with Dean Kane. It sucked, but I still loved it because they did. <laughs> I don't think I saw it. Don't. Okay. <laughs> It's got some of the some of the best action fighting scenes, but that's just look for a YouTube supercut of all those. Don't yeah. watch the entire thing. Got it. All right, man. Well, uh, the Saska Sisters remake of David Cronenberg's Rabid. Rabid. Next week. I'm Body horror. Y'all get crunk. Woo! Gonna or be a whatever. long month. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I did, the whole time you were like, yeah, this part here was just so unsettling. And the whole time I was like, oh, man, we're going to have a whole month of unsettling. Oh, my God. It's just going to be, <laughs> be five weeks of me being like, guys, this was this was rough. <laughs> <laughs> no, I it's can't good wait. for you. It'll be fun. All right. Well, that's next next month, folks. Next week. Yep. Body yeah. horror. Strap in. Yep. And strap on. Yeah. <laughs> <Bam>. <laughs> My favorite Howard Shore song. All right. <laughs> All right. Let's kick it on over to the Hornshoe. Doug, we've been gone for a couple weeks. Mm-hmm. Let's see if there's anything going on. Uh, I see right here something that catches my attention. Uh, looks like Edgar Wright is directing... A new adaptation of Stephen King's The Running Man. You know what? 
it's Edgar Wright, and I would love to see what he would do with that. I would love to see that too. That sounds that sounds great. And the you know, the Running Man, the original film doesn't have you know does not follow closely to the source material really. Um, so I'm curious to see who uh, directed the Running Man. I'm blanking on it. It was. It's been. Let's see. IMDb. The Running Man. Paul Michael Glazer. Yep. What else has he done? He also did. Mm. He did Starsky and Hutch. Fiddler on the Roof. The Great Houdini. Hmm. Some Miami Vice episodes. Yeah, not a ton. Okay. Anyway. Right. Yeah. Well, anyway. Uh, Edgar Wright going to give us a new version. So, I'm into that. It's going to be fun if he does it. Yeah. I, I can't wait to see what he does. Um, now I've never, of course, I've never read the source material, but I've seen the original movie, and it's, it's a little over the top and fun. I wonder if, uh, yeah. he'll, what route he'll go, more true to the source or more, um, influenced by the film. Yeah, the source material is much darker, um, and the you know the movie is was you know that was just fucking Schwarzenegger like throwing his fucking dick around Hollywood, you know. Yeah. Um. Also, in the Stephen King uh, universe, uh, there's a adaptation of Lizzie's story, uh, which is going to be on Apple TV. So that's, I guess they dropped a trailer for that. What is this? It's called Lizzie's story. It's just another Stephen King book, and they adapted it for okay. uh, starring Julianne Moore and Clive Owen. They are no slouches. We're we're in Julianne another, Moore. Yeah. We're in another uh <laughs> we're in another Stephen King Renaissance right now, like you know. Yeah. Is the uh, stand still pretty good? Um oh it's over and I was gonna talk oh, about okay. it. Um oh, okay, I'm glad okay, you brought I'm it sorry. up because I was gonna say I didn't watch anything, but I did finish that, so um I can talk about well, that. We'll in get a to it. Um yeah, and uh what, what there was something else. Oh yeah, they're remaking Firestarter, which I'm really excited about. Um, because I think there's that, ton- did that finally start? Um, I don't think they've it? started on it yet, but it's happening. Oh, it's happening, sweetheart. Okay. Um, okay. which I'm excited about because I love you know I love the idea of Firestarter. I think you make a really cool movie if you don't have, um, you know, uh, George C. Scott playing you know John Rainbird, a Native American. <laughs> yeah. Um. Now is David Keith going to be in it? Um, <laughs> yes, um, he is, uh, he's reprising his role. They are actually like, Hey, you know what? Dude, it would be fucking phenomenal if they had Keith David play the role. That <laughs> Dude, I'm telling you, that's <laughs> David Keith played in the original. I'm trying to see if there's like any, like, um, writer or director attached to this, but I don't see, I don't see anything. So. When's it supposed to start shooting? It, I don't know. It ain't got a director? No, I guess it's just in development at this point. So that, no. so that might not ever even come to fruition. Um. All right. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. 
Um, there was a uh, much talked about trailer for uh, Mortal Kombat hit the internet. Yeah, there was. I didn't watch it, but um, I know that people. I... Go ahead. I was just gonna say I know that people were were digging on it and they thought it looked cool. So it didn't look bad. I would definitely watch it. I liked what how the how it was going. The trailer looked kind of promising. Yeah, I need to watch it's, it. I meant to. It just it's got to be better than that original movie. That original movie does. I know it has. A, it's got a cult following and people it love it. I was a huge Mortal Kombat fan, especially when that movie came out, Right yes. Place, Right Time. And that I went to see that movie in the theater, and I was like, what is this? Yeah, that movie. Like, is... I like the Street Fighter movie better than the Mortal Kombat movie. Oof. And that oh, movie's man. not good either. Man, yeah, they're both terrible. Um, I saw Mortal Kombat on HBO, played on HBO fucking every three minutes, it felt like. I've probably seen <laughs> it. I've probably seen it a hundred times, but, like, not because it was good, just because it was it was, it was on. It was on, and you could watch. And the fucking the yeah, the song is better than the movie. Absolutely. Um, the, uh, spoiler in the trailer, like the, when they're showing up the logo for the film, there's a like a there's a a piece of score that sounds a lot like that, like they're going for a scored version of the. Nice. How could you just, not? That that you that have, song is iconic. You have to you have to do it because people are gonna people go nuts. You know what you do is um, you haven't seen Creed yet, have you? Still haven't. Okay, dude. so um, they don't they don't use the uh, they don't use like the Bill Conti like you know they don't use yeah. it for the whole fucking movie. Um, they've written they've written Creed his own score. It's fucking, it's like updated. It's hip. Creed, 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 yeah. Creed, Creed. It's, a, it's really good. Um, and it's like blended really well with like, you know, like some really great like hip hop music. Like, it's just fucking dope, dude. But um, like in the last. Something new, but something familiar. Yeah. It, it feels like the Rocky music, but it's his. It's his own. Um, yeah. It's his own theme, which he should have. But there's this like really touching moment in the third act of the movie, and like when Creed stands up in that moment, like in his corner, they hit the fucking that bam, 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 like they do it and they play like the 10, original, yes, and they only play That's like cool. 10 seconds. Does it like fade into the new one, yes, or awesome. it or it just fades out back into the scene, but they give you like a full 10 seconds of it, and when it hits, you're like fuck yes like it's so good but they nice. don't do it the whole movie so i would do the same thing with mortal Kombat. like I, that's well that's that's the, that's what you got to do right there and make people to. want it yes and then that's what i'm telling you dude. And then creed, play it but take it away real quick i've been talking about this for years but like creed is like this gold standard for uh nostalgia like reboot yeah remakes whatever you want to call them. a continuation of the yes. universe yeah if you want to make a movie that comes out 30 years after a movie and it takes place in that universe is you've got to look at creed and build your movie that way that movie is that movie took one of the things i love most in this world and just like made it awesome again but like didn't change the original i oh, fuck man it's so good Anyway, I've got to watch this flick. Dude, dude, you gave it to me. I yeah, it. yes, I, <laughs> I gave you a copy. That's it. 
I was just like, you gotta it's watch not, it. I haven't been avoiding it. I've been wanting to watch it because I love the Rocky movies. Yeah. It's just I, just, I don't know why I haven't done it yet. It's just one of those things. But it, when you see it, we'll, we'll have a, we'll have a long conversation about it because it's just, it just, it just treats the Rocky like lineage so well, but also is like, this is new and like fresh and, and it's, it's fucking, it's great. Um, anyway, yeah, so Mortal Kombat. I'm going to watch that trailer when, when we get off of here. I, I don't know why I haven't watched it yet. Um, cause I, I mean, it looks like it's a movie I'll, I watch. It probably ain't going to fucking win any of the no. best movie awards, but you know, I don't know. It looks like it'd be a pretty decent flick. Yeah, I mean, comic book, not comic book, I'm sorry, video game movies are... Video game movies aren't, don't have a Yeah, a they good, just... Uh, it's tough, because... You, you walk a really fine line of, and people would be into this now, but like you could just make a movie of people playing video games and uh, people who watch that on YouTube would go My see My kids would movie. watch the fuck out of it. Yeah, but you know, you walk that fine line of like, how do we make this a narrative without feeling like people are like watching a video game and, you know, and a fighting game is really hard to make a movie of, I think. Um, yeah. It's tough. You got to make like a fucking, uh, you know, you got to make it like, you got to make the tournament like a fucking, uh, you know, Kumite from fucking, uh, <laughs> Bloodsport. Bloodsport. Yeah. Well, that's what that Mortal Kombat is based off of Bloodsport. They wanted yeah. to make a Bloodsport video game and they couldn't get the rights. Yeah. So they made their own thing. So, you know, you just do that. And even Bloodsport, when you go back, like, the fight scenes are fun, but the rest of the movie, you're just like, what the fuck's happening here? So, like, if you can find a way to make a fighting tournament, like, really cool as a movie, like, I'm there for it. Um, you know, I, it, it, it can happen. I'm going to check it out. Um, I saw you talking about this on Facebook. I also saw it. Uh, Train to Busan getting a... Yeah. <laughs> Train to Busan getting a exactly. an American remake. Yay. Why? I Why? Because, because America won't I know read a movie. America doesn't want to read and it's 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 uh, a license to print money. I understand that. Yes. But come on. Yeah. I but, know it'll be forgotten with all the yes. other remakes except for the fly and the thing. But Train to Busan is so great. Like it is one of, if not the best, it is like, a gem. It modern is in the last zombie movie. years. Yeah, it's probably in the top three best horror movies in the last ten years. And and zombie and zombie movies specifically. Yeah. Yes. It's the best no, one I mean, I've horror seen. Horror movies in general. Yeah. It's. I'd give it that. Yeah. And it brought life to a fucking played out oh, genre. Oh my gosh, dude, we've been stuck in Walking Dead limbo for fucking ten years, dude. Like. And then and then and then look at the zombie movies that we're cranking out. Fucking World War Z. Fucking Ugh, movies terrible. Zack Snyder's got a zombie movie coming out on Netflix this year. Like I don't know anything about it. Not interested. Um, you know, I'm just like, we did this. We did this. The zombie stuff they do in Train to Busan looks a lot like the zombie stuff we did in World War Z, except it was done really? good and yes. done right oh my god train to busan like if you we did a whole episode about it but if you haven't seen check it, out those archives yes if you haven't seen it you gotta watch it it is so fucking good i haven't watched peninsula yet um 
which is the sequel. Oh, but um, a plan is it on. out on streaming yet? It, did Shutter got the rights to that? Right? Shutter got whenever... the rights. I don't know if it's on Shutter yet or not. It's supposed to be. It's probably can't be yet. I would see shit advertised for yeah, it. Yeah, you probably would. Um, but, but I'll I think check it can, out as soon as it's on there. Yeah, I think you can rent it or whatever at this point. Now. I think my wife watched Train to Busan just on her own, like uh, maybe last month. No, and um, she just ran across it and she was like, "I remember you talking about how good this was. I'm gonna watch it." And so she watched it, and I was like, "What'd you think?" She was like, "Oh my god, it was so good!" And just like I was on the edge of my seat the whole time. I was like, "Yeah, for, remember when zombie movies were like that, dude? It is unbelievable." And so. I don't know. I mean, I get it. I don't. I don't understand. Like, it's so special. Just watch it. Just watch it. They're making so, a, yeah. they're making it an out. English version. Like, who cares? We barely even use trains in this country. So, what are they gonna do? What, they're gonna what is it, it gonna be called? I Fucking don't know. Doom train. <laughs> All right, now hang yeah. on a minute. <laughs> 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 I was getting interested. <laughs> <laughs> All aboard the Doom Train. <laughs> I don't know. I just don't get it. Watch the train original. Train to Boston. Oh, man. Um, I fucking love Duncan. Oh, fuck. <laughs> oh man, yeah. Um season two of Creep Show coming in April. Shutter's already ordered a season three. Oh man, it's gonna be good. Did you ever watch the Christmas special for Creep Show? I didn't. Um it's it was good. It's a lot of fun. Okay. It's it- short and sweet. It's one story. I think it was one story. It's been a while since I watched it. I meant to bring it up around Christmas time and completely forgot about it. Uh, Kindle recommended it, but I, I finally got around to watching it. Uh, was it better than the she, animated Halloween? Much one? better okay. than the Halloween one. The Halloween was insanely disappointing. I just didn't like that like motion comic thing they did, and I kind of wish. Oh it- God, that that was the most off-putting part. But yeah. then on top of that, the stories were boring. Yeah, well, I like Survivor type, but um, I've read that story and it's really good. But you know, I, just as a the animation was so off putting. Yeah, I just didn't. I didn't care for that. Didn't care for that. Hmm. <laughs> I think that's all I see, Doug. I'm scrolling through. Scrolling through uh, Bloody Disgusting right now, just seeing. Oh, they're making a Constantine show for for HBO Max. Um, I never got around to watching that other one that 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 one that came out. That I really liked got, it. Said good things about it. I really dug it. Like it started off like, you know, and that's what that book is. Um, you know, it started off like kind of like a monster of the week type thing. Um. And I was just like, yeah, I'm kind of into this, but I mean, there's a whole, you know, there's this like two part episode where Constantine lets himself get possessed by a demon to like save this girl. And then he has to perform an exorcism on himself. And it is awesome. (laughs) Like the effects and the way that is like shot and carried out. It was really fucking cool. And so after that, I was like, I'm on board for this show. Um, And then after that first season, they were just like, nah, (laughs) guess we're done with this now. Um, 
but you know, I love Hellblazer, and um, you know, if they can make if they can make a Constantine show like go, um, but they couldn't make that Swamp Thing show go, and that thing is that Alan Moore's saga, the Swamp Thing, is built for episodic storytelling. Like, oh yeah, if you can't make that work, I don't, I don't know, man. Did you ever watch the Swamp Thing show? I, did. I didn't. I never got around to it either. I didn't. Um, people, people were digging on it. I saw some. I saw like I, I saw the makeup and stuff and the design of the Swamp Thing. I thought he looked incredible. Um. And yeah. you know, I wanted to watch it because that's. I mean, you know, that Swamp Thing run is probably one of my favorite, if not my favorite, comic book of all time. Um. But I just, I just didn't get around to it. What you gonna do? Anyway, all right. That's oh, okay. Last thing I got, I got, I did see this last week, and I was gonna say something. Um, oh well, there, here's a couple things here actually. But um, HBO Max already greenlit um, their gremlins animated series for a second season um, yeah first season hasn't come out that. yet um i'm, I'm pretty it comes excited out this year right yeah i'm pretty excited about that honestly i'm gonna check that out i'll check it out i, I love, love gremlins so i love gremlins um we just showed we showed grace in the first one you know this last year around christmas time and um and he actually like you know he was actually pretty into it so and uh, the last thing I saw is that Tim Burton is making a Wednesday Adams live action Netflix series. Yeah, I saw that too. Which I'm like, I'm interested in. Like, instead of just making, I mean, we've seen a lot of Adams Family. They just did an animated movie. It was not good at all. It wasn't, man. Me and my youngest son tried to watch that, oh, and it was man. not good. We so we took Grace in the theater to see that, and I was just like what happened here it just was bad it was real bad um you know so i'm just like in you know i'm not a huge fan of these like let's spin one character off into their own show separate from the but i feel like you know i feel like we've swung at adam's family a couple times recently and it's like well maybe let's do something new and weird with it now is christina ricci coming back to play her is this like an adult Wednesday no, Adams? No, I think she's I think she's young. Oh. I think she's young. Well, if you want to get people to watch it, that's what you need to do. Because people will flock to it big time if she comes back and plays her. I guarantee it. Hang on. Wednesday's attempt to master her emerging psychic abilities thwart a monster. Oh, they're just making this a Sabrina knockoff. Yeah, like that Netflix Sabrina show. Town and solved a supernatural mystery that embroiled her parents 25 years ago. All while navigating her new, very tangled relationships. I don't know. I'm into it because I'm into it because you know I Tim Burton. You know he's made some he's made some stinkers, but like he still has the ability to like turn out something pretty cool every once in a while. So I, I'll give is it. Is he a, just is he just producing it though? Like he's not gonna like have anything else to do with it, right? Or is he directing it? I, my understanding was that he's directing it, but it just says from Tim Burton, so you might be right about that. I don't know what 
I don't know what this pop-up ad is on Bloody Disgusting, but it's like in the top left corner, and it's just like a naked chick. And it's like not subtly like placed there at all. It's just like, click on this. I'm like, I will not actually. <laughs> I don't know what sort of virus it's like. And there's like... You like malware? Click here. I mean, dude, there's, there's no language on it. It's just a picture of like a naked chick. And you can click on it, but I shall not. Alright, where did that? Because I accidentally refreshed this. Alright, Wednesday Adams. Let's see here. Um, okay, it's officially announced that Tim Burton is headed to the small screen with a new live-action series. And blah, blah, blah. We'll follow Wednesday Adams. Eight episodes have been ordered. Um, Alfred Goh and Miles Millar who wrote on Smallville, are writing and show running. Not winning me over here. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. Well, maybe we'll just, we'll just see what they'll make a trailer. Eventually. We'll just see what that looks like. And here's the thing. I, I haven't watched a Netflix original in fucking, I mean, I don't even know what the last one was. All right. Well, that's all the uh, that's all the news I think we're gonna cover this week, uh, Doug. Let's kick it on over to the rants recommends portion of the show. Been a couple weeks. You see anything worth uh, recommending? Talking about? Um, the only thing I've been watching is WandaVision, which I'm still enjoying greatly. Yeah, I didn't see. I'm now two behind because last week I was so busy I didn't watch it, and then this week we just we usually watch it on the weekend. I haven't watched it yet, so I haven't seen the the two most recent episodes. Um, yeah, it's good. It's really good. I gotta tell you, I was um, I did not need Cat Denning's character to come back. Um, <laughs> I, I think we I think we all know how I feel about her in the Marvel universe. She's there to make dumb jokes, and that's what she's doing again, and I don't like it. Um, I just was like, oh, we don't need this. And then it's just like, oh, we got to cut to her because she's going to say the, the funny thing. And I'm like, don't, I don't. Ugh. So that really, I know that's crazy. It took a lot of wind out of my sail for that show because I'm just like, I was really into this, and now you're making me think about Thor the Dark World um, when I don't want to, so... <laughs> Um, well, I mean, she plays a pretty heavy part from going forward. I know. I just don't. I don't, I don't mind Kat Denny's. I like her. I, yeah, she, I just don't. I I don't like her in anything. She does the exact same thing in everything, and I didn't like it the first time I saw it, and I haven't liked it since. Um, <laughs> I, just, I, she's, I just don't think she's funny <laughs> or good. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, she bums me out. So, and and I love uh, fucking uh, I love the FBI agent though from Ant Man. Um, oh, he's so good. He's, he's so, so great. Fucking good. But I just I'm not. Um, but I'll tell you what I do like about um the show is that uh, I'm among other things like I love Catherine Hahn. I always have. Um, but she's just she's really good. She's great every time she shows up. 
Um, I'm really liking. Uh, I'm really liking uh, Wanda in the show because I feel like in the movies, you know, we get to see her a little bit, but like she's not really given a whole lot of time to do very much. Yeah, um, she's just there in the movies. Yeah, like she gets that. Basically. They have that really great moment in Endgame and or Infinity War. I mean, um, it's really good. But I love like she's really getting a chance to like to really like. Um, I think like shine in this show. And I think she's doing that. Um, yeah. Elizabeth Olsen's winning me over. She's, um, she's, she's really good in this. I've never been like, she's always just been there. I haven't had yeah. any, any like deep feelings towards her, but she's, uh, she's outdoing herself. And I I'll think, tell you who's outdoing her is Paul Bettany. He's uh, dude. It. He is. I mean, I, I love Paul Bettany anyway. Um, but man, oh man, he, he is just so great. Um, again, this is a show. I'm just like, this should not work. This should be so stupid. Um, <laughs> like, you know, when you saw those first promo images and like the first couple episodes, you're just yeah, like, you're like, where is this going? Yeah, like, why this is probably not gonna work, but it just does. And then it gets like really interesting. And um, man, I gotta tell you, what blew me away. I mean, it's been like. It's been like four weeks, folks. I'm gonna I'm gonna spoil something that I've seen in the show. Spoilers, spoilers, um, spoilers. So if you haven't seen, I mean, I'm not I'm not current, so I don't know everything. But um, the thing that really blew my mind, and which I never considered, was the and the spoilers are gonna start right now. Was that um, when people came back from disappearing? What a fucking like chaotic mess that would be. Um, yeah. where like you, you're in the hospital and all of a sudden all these people are reappearing and now the hospital's overrun and, um, like I just like, they don't ever touch on that. Like in the movie, it's just like, Hey, yeah. I think we brought everyone back and then on your left. And then, uh, even in that Spider-Man movie, they're just like, they kind of mention you know, the people who came back or whatever, but like, they don't talk about what a fucking like. Uh, nightmare it would be if half the world's population just reappeared one day like five years yeah. after we'd moved on um, and I thought that was really actually that was one of the coolest things that I saw in the show was when uh, 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 Rambo fucking shows back up and everyone starts freaking I just thought that was really cool man I it was yeah. just an idea that I'd never even thought about and i thought it was it was really interesting well thought out well written show yeah man it, it's fucking dope wandavision's dope dude i was just like yeah. of of all the marvel things i was like looking forward to that was not high on my list and um yeah man i was uh, the same way i was like i'll check it out yeah why not now I, I love it yeah it's so good <laughs> um yeah man i'm with you wandavision's wandavision's cool maybe we'll get maybe we'll get caught up on that tomorrow uh, that's all i got Right on. Um, yeah, I finished watching The Stand, which um, was nine episodes long, and eight of them were really, really good. Uh, <laughs> Uh-oh. Yeah, something weird happened in the last episode. It was like, um, in the eighth episode, they there's like a big event in the book and in the, um, and in the series, and, and it happens in the eighth episode. Uh, and then... And in the, the last one, they're all like, well, we stood, we're going to go home. Yeah, kind of, which happens in the book, but um, 
so I was fine with that, but there was just like some weird shit. And like now Stephen King wrote the ninth episode and he wanted to include this like, Oh, that's why it was closed down poorly. (laughs) Well, he wanted to include, dude, the end of that book is perfect. And then he was like, well, hang on. What if I add to it? And so my cocaine, there's this weird, like other story that he just kind of stuck into the last episode, but it doesn't, it doesn't matter because it already kind of all got taken care of, you know, in the 1200 page book, <laughs> like that they turned into eight hours of television, but it was almost like, I don't know. So the whole point of the book is like, you know, you're choosing between good and evil, like Randall flag or mother Abigail. And then like they go through this whole thing. And then at the end, like this one character, well now she's gonna make a choice. Is she gonna choose good or evil? And it's so redundant and unnecessary. And then and then of course she doesn't choose evil, surprise. And then and then the show ends the same way the book does, but I'm just like, why? I don't it's just an extra hour of something that was unnecessary when like the rest of the show was so good. Um and I have like So you could just skip the last episode? <sighs> Or at least tune into the last, what, like 10 minutes? I don't know. Because they weave important stuff throughout the whole thing. Oh. So if you want to know how the things wrap up, you got to watch it. But it's just, it's kind of a, all the big exciting stuff happened in episode 8. And then episode 9 was just kind of like, and it's over. And you're like, oh, I wish, I wish episode 8 had just been an hour and a half long instead of trying to cram Instead of trying to stretch this into like a whole hour, I don't know. It was kind of a, it was just kind of a ho-hum ending. Not bad, but um, for a show that was going really well. And I have quibbles throughout. Um, But, you know. Quibbles, you say? Yeah, specifically with like Las Vegas where Randall Flagg is and it's supposed to be so evil and bad. And like that is depicted as people just like, I don't know, just having sex all the time in the hotel lobby, like orgies. And I'm just like, I don't know. I just don't really think of an orgy as like the most evil thing that can happen. Like, it's just... It depends on who you're asking, I guess. I guess. But yeah, it's just there's some weird stuff in it that like I kind of quibble with. But overall, it was done really well. Um, Elise, you know, hadn't read the book, but she loved the show. And she even, the last episode, she was like, I don't know. That was kind of... Yeah, I don't know. It was just kind of like all right, here's the big finale, and then somebody just cuts a wet fart, and you're like, whoa, that was... <laughs> I like that. They should have the last episode was wrap it up in the, like the first five minutes, and then Stephen King walks up to a curtain and just farts for the, the next 45, 45 minutes. minutes. Yeah. It wasn't bad or anything, but I just was like, yeah, I, I dug it. It was... A, I still would have rather seen, you know... Um, at one point in time, they were going to make like two movies out of that book. And I think I still would have rather seen that because they would have just spent a shit ton of money on it. Nah, and it looked fine. It looked really good on CBS, but I just, I don't know. It was good. I loved it. I i mean to say I liked it. I didn't love it. Um, but uh, it was it was a pretty strong adaptation of a really, really long book, so... Worth, worth checking out. Uh, we also watched Coming to America because uh, I'm getting excited about the sequel. <laughs> so, 
So, and at least when it does never, this sequel come out? I think it's I think it's March or April. It's coming soon. Um, She's never seen Coming to America. No, so we watched it. Wow. And, and she was like, you know, she was like, that was all right. <laughs> but oh, uh, great. Oh man, it holds up like a motherfucker. Um. Yeah, but I'm I'm excited to see that new one. Um, I'm pretty sure Craig Brewer directed it. Yeah, I think I remember yeah. hearing his name attached to it. Amazing. What a career. <laughs> From Hustle and Flow to Coming to America. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. Memphis's own Craig Brewer. Um but yeah, uh that's all I got. Just watched the stand. I didn't really watch anything last week. Oh, I'm reading uh, I'm reading different seasons now, which you gave me. And oh, yeah. uh, I read uh, Rita Hayworth and the Shawshank Redemption, which was beautiful. I mean, it's basically the movie. There's like minor things they changed for the movie, but I think it just made the movie better. Um, never seen the movie. You never saw Shawshank Redemption? No, I, we've established this. I've oh my gosh, that. I didn't realize that, Doug. It's one of the best movies ever made. Okay. I, I highly recommend it. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've heard nothing but good things. It was just one of those things I've never gotten around to. Oh my God. This just blew my mind. Yeah. You got to watch, you got to watch the Shawshank Redemption. That's great. Um, and now I'm reading apt pupil, which is like super disturbing, honestly. <laughs> yeah. It's just really upsetting. I bet. Um, yeah. So, but so far so good. That book's really great. And that's all I got. I feel like I'm running out of gas now. <laughs> well, he did it at a good time at the end. <laughs> Just like the stand. All right. Let's. <laughs> well, if you want to contact us, it's carpenterrantspod at gmail.com or on Facebook, the Carpenterrants Podcast. That's us. You can listen and subscribe via iTunes or Spotify or Google Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. This is. Mm-hmm. And tune in next month, oh, aka boy. next week. We're gonna jump into some body horror, mm-hmm. and we jumping into uh, 2019's Cronenberg remake of Rabbit by the Saska Twins. Yeah. So see you next week. Tune in, folks. Uh, thanks for listening to TCR. Uh, we've been the Nobodies. I'm Caleb. I'm Doug. Keep on ranting. I left the gap there because I forgot. We're waiting on Kindle. I was waiting on Kindle. <laughs> Girl, you ain't said nothing all night. <laughs> you fired. With your quiet ass. Thank you for listening to the Carpenter Rants. Subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, or Podbean. And Spotify.